Hello and welcome to a Thursday episode of the State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Stanzial. Chris, last time out, we walked through each and every single non-con opponent, broke them down, gave it to you, gave our predictions. Today, we're going to do the same thing, except this time we're going to do it with the Big East teams, our good old competitors that we're going to see twice a year. We're going to walk through each school, break them down, and then we're going to give our predictions for the home and away result, and we're going to go from there. So, Chris, are you ready? Yes, I can't wait to be completely wrong on every single one of these predictions. Looking forward to it. Yeah, last year we were pretty good, right? 14-4, and four, is that what we said? I, th- I think overall we actually nailed it on the head. I think we just got like some individual games wrong, but yeah, it was surprisingly the one year I thought we would both be completely wrong, we were right. So that means it'll probably correct itself this year. <laughs> yeah, we weren't that far off. They did finish 13-5 and five last year. They had that weird three-game stretch that threw us all off where they mm-hmm. just lost three in a row. But uh, other than that, you know, it was a pretty good year for Villanova and Big East play. This time around, as we know, the Big East coaches, the pollsters, they put Nova in second. We got a lot of opinions on that. But let's see how we do when we go through each and every game, see how the record stacks up, and whether or not we want to do any last-minute edits or lock it in. We'll talk about it at the end. But first, we are going to go in order of when we will first see this opponent. So right after all the non-conference games, or I shouldn't say right after all the non-conference games, right after most of the non-conference games, before we have those late tricklers, we will begin Big East play against the Xavier Musketeers on December 30th. We will see them first at home. Then we will travel over to Cincinnati in February 2nd to take them on. Chris, this is the Xavier Musketeers. They were predicted third in the Big East poll. They had a pretty promising finish last year, I guess we could all say. I mean, they beat Nova, and they started to heat up after looking really, really bad to start off the conference late. How are they looking this year? What's the lowdown? Is Hanky McSpanky still around, or did he finally graduate? Yeah, another another SNN favorite, uh, Hanky Poo. He is finally gone. He was a grad transfer, so we no longer have to deal with him. Yet they were predicted to finish last in the Big East, if I remember correctly, last year, and they came out of nowhere, stormed – to make the semifinals in the Big East tournament, gave Nova a run for their money in a classic game in, back in March, but just wasn't, wasn't able to close the deal. They ended up in the NIT, lost in the second round to Texas. So they uh, overall, considering where they were expected to be, they had a really good year. Now they have expectations. They come in this year being ranked 19th overall, according to the polls, the AP poll anyway. The coaches view them very favorably, and it's for good reason. They got their big four returning. They got Najee Marshall, Paul Scruggs, Tyreek Jones, and Quentin Gooden, all coming back and all ready to light the world on fire. All four of those guys scored over 10 points per game. Najee Marshall leading the way with 14.7 points a game. Marshall also averaged over seven boards per game. Tyreek Jones is a force inside. He averaged over seven and a half boards per game. It's quite amazing to think that literally this time last year, we thought Xavier was a like a non-factor in the Big East. I, at least I thought I did. And they are now probably going to give Nova and Seton Hall, they were, they're obviously picked third, but like, I, I still think I could see them finishing above Seton Hall. I can see them even winning it if everything goes their way. I don't mean to get way too ahead of myself, but these guys are going to be good. I'll say that. Yeah, and you could see the progression that they had last year. And I think it was very fair. No one really had high expectations for them, probably everybody but themselves. If you look at how they finished non-con play, they just went 8-5. and 
And then to start Biggie's play, they were three and eight before winning the next six of seven games to finish out the regular season. This is a team that hit its stride late in the year. They looked very, very good down the stretch in the second half of the season. And now when you have that core four back, their big four back, I don't blame them for having the hopes as they are. You know, I know that Zach Hankins is gone, but that is a very tough team. You know, one thing that really stuck out to me in the times that Nova played them uh, at the Centau Center when they lost, as well as in the Big East tournament semifinals, just how tough they are. Very physical. Yes, Hankins was a big part of it, but just across the board, you know, those guys were just doing everything. And they really slowed Nova down in the semifinals, really gave them a run for their money, as you said. And I'm very interested to see if they do build off of that or if that last-minute, late-season stretch where they heated up, started winning games, started rolling, was just a fluke. We have seen similar instances like that before, like Providence one year versus Providence the next year. But with this Xavier team, I actually do think, you know, I can buy in that number three preseason ranking in the conference. So, Chris, let's hear it. The Xavier Musketeers, home and away. Is this a sweep for either side, or is this going to be a season series split? I'm going with a split, and I think me and you were pretty privy to it, and I don't know if the rest of the Villanova fan base is, but Xavier gets their butt kicked at Villanova pretty much every single time, and I I think it holds true. Assuming both teams don't royally screw up their non-con schedules, this should be a highly ranked matchup. and Usually when that happens at Villanova, Villanova wins. And I know that has nothing to do with the current teams. I know the personnel is completely different from those past matchups. But I, I think that will hold serve. And going to Cintas is always a problem. I know Villanova has come out victorious on many in many games over there. But it is always a problem, especially in a ranked matchup. And we thought last year that Villanova was going to go in there no problem towards the beginning of the year. And then obviously as, the game, as we led up to that game, it became more and more apparent. They're like, okay, actually, yeah, they might actually lose this, and they ended up losing. So I just think both environments are just very, very tough to play in for both teams, and I think that's why we'll get a split. I'm also feeling split. Yeah, whenever Nova plays them at the Wells Fargo Center or at the Pavilion, that's not an issue. That's usually never a problem. Even when Xavier was good, on the record, you could check it back on the tapes. I was saying this is going to be a blowout. I don't care if they're top five, top ten. It's a blowout. When you go to Cintas, it's a totally different story. Even when Xavier was just semi-average or semi-above average when they first came to the Big East, they still gave Novus a couple tough games, especially towards the end. I think that, you know, you look at the schedule, you got Xavier just before the new year at home, so that's a win. But then when they go back to Cintas, when the series heads over there, it's going to be late February, and we all know what happens. Villanova's due for at least one late February loss. And I think that this is probably going to be the one if there isn't another one like there was last year where there are multiple. But uh, I think that it will be a split. Win at home, no problem. Centos, I would be surprised if it went down to the wire. So one and one so far for both of us. Yes. Also should mention that, that I, I mean, I think you might have mentioned it, but that Xavier, first Xavier game comes after the Kansas game. And I know there's a nine-day lapse in between those two, but like let's just say Villanova beats Kansas. They're riding an extreme high after beating a good team like that. Don't want to let down against Xavier. So that'll be a real good test for Villanova to get right back into the swing of things, I think. Just all the different factors, I think it should be a split. Obviously, we would love a a sweep Nova's way, but right now everything's indicating 
early indications before a single basketball play has happened. Right now, we're looking at a series split. Next mm-hmm. up for the Cats, after they play Xavier, they're going to head over to Marquette. They're going to head over to Milwaukee. They're going to take on the Golden Eagles on January 4th. Then in February, about a month later, the Golden Eagles are going to come back and play Nova in Pennsylvania. Chris, this is a team that mm-hmm. if they still had the Hauser brothers, I would honestly, if they gave them the number one spot, I would have no complaints. The preseason Big East number one spot, I would have no complaints. Mm-hmm. No Hauser brothers. How are they going to replace them? What are the gaps looking like? Obviously, they still have Marcus Howard, who's going to do everything. He's going to do so much. (laughs) But who are some other guys to watch out for? Because he can't shoot 100% of the shots, and he can't make 100% of the baskets. Losing the Hauser brothers was just absolutely devastating preseason ranking-wise for this team. Like I think I mentioned it one of our first two episodes that ESPN had them like top five before the Hauser brothers said they were transferring. And then once they transferred, they dropped out of the rankings completely. And the pollsters took notice as well and didn't even give them a ranking. I think they were receiving votes. But that being said, I, I still think this team's going to be really good, especially considering their home court advantage, which we know this team, we, you even pointed out last year that this team is kind of a fraud on the road. But at home, they're ultimately dangerous. Uh, but personnel-wise, yes, Marcus Howard is probably going to probably going to win the Big East player of the year unless Miles Powell has something to say about that, which he might absolutely. He's a fantastic player. But some of the other players from Marquette, you got Greg Elliott coming back from injury. I thought he was going to be a real big factor last year before he got hurt. Um, he had a good freshman year. Obviously, didn't play last year. I think he ended up redshirting. So getting him back is going to be a nice little boost for them. Ed Morrow, senior, he played pretty well last year, I felt like. Sakar Annam came on strong last year. Uh, pretty much filling in for the Hauser brothers once they decided to go AWOL, I felt like. Even though they were on the team, they really didn't do much toward the end of the year. I mean, granted, much of the team didn't for Marquette, but I think Adam had a real good year, and he is now a senior. Jamal Kane's looking to build off a promising performance last year. So, And also, how can we forget our public enemy number one, Theo John, junior center. But you know, say what you will about him. He is a pretty big defensive force in the middle there. So, you know, they might not have a bunch of secondary help from Marcus Howard. They, they do have a lot of complementary pieces. They don't have that big number two guy, but they do have, like I said, they do have a lot of complementary pieces that I think could get the job done. Finish probably top four, top five in the conference, barring something crazy happening. But they'll be a real good team at home, and they'll probably be a bad team on the road. And that's how it usually is for them. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of Marquette fans that were very ticked off when they saw that Miles Powell got all the preseason love and got the biggest preseason player of the year honors when they were like, uh, last time I checked, Marcus Howard did not graduate. Marcus Howard is obviously going to be dangerous. It's going to be interesting to see now that he virtually doesn't really have, or at least right now in preseason, we don't know who that guy's going to be, but I cannot look at this roster and pinpoint someone and say, you are definitely going to be another scoring threat you are definitely also going to be another scoring threat. Howard is going to carry a lot. If they can get him off ball, I think it's so much better. I understand why they put him at the point guard. One, there weren't many other bodies that could do it. And two, if he's your most talented player, you're going to want the ball in his hands all the time. But one of the biggest deficiencies with Marcus Howard was just, I didn't like his turnovers. He turned the ball over too much, sometimes forced it, didn't really make the right decision. But when it came to Marcus Howard, the shooter and the scorer, 
that's a dangerous man right there, especially when he heated up. We saw what happened. We went over there to the Pfizer forum. He cooked the Lenovo. The Wildcats, they pretty much locked down on everybody else. But unfortunately, Marks Howard's had a little bit too big of a game. And as a result, Marquette was able to win it there. I personally think that Marquette's going to be decent. They're going to be fine. They're always going to be tough. You know, when you have a player like Howard, who's just a complete game changer, anything can happen. I don't think they're going to be anywhere near as good as they were last year. I also don't think that they're going to be horrible. I don't, you know, if they finish bottom three or four, I'd be shocked. But right now, this Marquette team just doesn't really have the same appeal as it did last year. So, Chris, I'm going to ask for your predictions because I think this is going to be a sweep for Nova. Still hard-pressed to to pick them to win Pfizer. I know, like you said, Marquette doesn't have as much shine to them as they do last year, but that's still a really, really hard place to win in regardless of the personnel for Marquette. And I just – this is – I said it last year that Marquette sold their season to beat Villanova last year, and I think that they might just do the same this year. <laughs> So it might, yeah, we'll take the L there, but overall for the season, we might not have to deal with them much, much else. So I think they split, but I think Villanova pretty much dominates them at home and then gives them another game on the road. And just, you know, there's some Pfizer magic going on there and they Marquette ends up winning a close one or something. Yeah, the Golden Eagles are the perfect epitome of running out of gas towards the end of the year because that conference championship, at least a regular season title, was right mm-hmm. there in their hands. They didn't care. They did not care. They broke down. There, allegedly, there were some disagreements between the Hauser brothers and Marcus Howard. I don't know, but say, uh, Seton Hall, take note here. That That is not what you want to do. No. Even though that's what I think is going to happen to them. But we're going to get to that <laughs> in a little bit. We're not there yet. We're not there. Got to curtail, curtail the Seton Hall animosity. Right. We'll, we'll, get, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. One other story, Ryan, I think we should pay attention to is the state of Coach Wojo. I don't know like if Marquette falters this year at, at, at any point. He might be gone, man. Like I, oh, I feel wow. like oh, you think it's that serious? You think it's that serious already? Well, look, look. I'll be honest with you. I got a friend who went to Marquette, and he hates him. So I might be a little uh, biased because <laughs> I am only getting one very one-sided info on that. But just from general readings of Marquette fanfare, I guess I, I don't really know how to put it. They don't really seem to favor him at all. Like at all. Like I feel like he might actually be gone. I wouldn't can him this early. I still think it's way too early after it. Like, would they hire him like four or five years ago? I, it's still that would be a quick turnaround to fire a guy like that. Uh, but he had a lot of talent last year. Like you said, it under, underperformed toward the end of the year. They ran out of gas and you're losing the Hauser brothers. Like that might be a coaching issue. I know you said they might have had problems with Howard, but like as a coach, you got to figure that out. So if Marquette falters early on, we might we might see something, maybe some rumblings. I don't know if they actually pulled the trigger, but his seat might be hot. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye out uh, on the thermometer. Keep an eye out for the thermometer. I think he should be fine, barring some horrible nosedive. I do understand the animosity, though, because if you look at first half season Marquette or like first half Biggie's play Marquette, that was like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then pretty much the last week of the regular season onwards would not have wanted to be a player in that locker room. Would have not wanted to be a part of that. Nope, 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 no. No, that was really bad. Really bad all around. Next up, after Marquette. So right now, uh, I have the Cats going 3-1. and one. Chris, you have them at 2-2. Two and two. They are going to head over to Creighton, good old Omaha, Nebraska, where they're going to play the Blue Jays on January 7th. 
Then the series heads back to the Pavilion on February 1st. Chris, this is a Creighton team that we all know. It pretty much is your motto, shoot or shoot. They, they love their offense. The greatest defense is just shooting more threes. This is a team <laughs> that can fill it up. I think, yes, they lost Martin Crample, which definitely hurt. But they pretty much have everyone back, including Tyshawn Alexander, who really took such a huge step up last year. What can we expect from the Blue Jays? What is the state of Omaha right now? What is the current climate in Omaha right now? Yeah, another team that they're, they're getting a lot of guys back. And you just you look at them, you're like, they're, they're going to be good too. Like you said, Tyshawn Alexander had a really good year last year. Honestly, I didn't even know of him going into last year. And he exploded onto the scene, scoring just under 16 points a game. You got Mitch Ballack back, who's an absolute lights out from three-point range, I feel like, especially against Nova. He's just he just got it. Fairly good shooter. And then you were supposed to have Jacob Epperson returning, who had season-ending surgery last year. And if we all remember him, he's the guy from Australia because they made mention of that at least a thousand times during the broadcast a couple years ago when he lit up Nova. But he was supposed to be back, but now apparently he got hurt during practice and Creighton's not even sure how much time he's going to be missing. So that's a kind of a big loss there. I, I thought he played pretty well in his uh, limited minutes last year and also the year before that as well. Just another familiar name, Davian Mintz. I always, I feel like he's been there for like a thousand years. He scored a tad under 10 points a game last year. Not exactly the best shooter from beyond the arc and inside, but I feel like he plays pretty good defense otherwise. Creighton's returning some familiar names. that They aren't returning Martin Crample, who was a big problem last year, but this team will light up the scoreboard, and if they can correct the defense a little bit, they might screech into the top three if they, like I said, if everything breaks their way. So probably predict them middle of the pack, maybe four or five, maybe even six, but they will be problems, and if they get hot, they will probably beat you. I think that this is a team that is totally slept on in the preseason Big East rankings. Seventh, I, I was honestly shocked. I thought because of the way that they're returning virtually everybody, the volume of shooters they have, just the way that their offense can just run, just run on the court, fly and just shoot and just go for days. It's just honestly a very fun team to watch. Another guy I want to highlight is Marcus Zagorowski, who probably proved to be one of the better shooters in the Big East, at least from long range as a freshman last year. And I'm totally expecting him to continue his upswing. This team right here, they got a lot of their guys back. Seventh place is definitely, in my opinion, being slept on. I think they'll be better than that. But when it comes to playing Nova twice, Chris, what's the verdict here? What's the verdict here? What are you feeling? Nova swept them last year, right? They swept them last year. The game at the CHI health center was a little bit close in the beginning until phil booth was like okay you want to play horse let's play stallion and then he went <laughs> off oh that was the eric pascal dunk game where everyone just like left after that I think. <laughs> yeah 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 that was that was also that game that's right and then the home game i remember that was a way too close for comfort overtime game yes so, yes that, that was also that was that was very very close i think that was like a nine o'clock start too um I see a split. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, I Another home and away split. Okay. I, Fair. I just, I think Creighton's always good for one there. I, I, like every so often. And they'll, they'll get their win, I think. I'll go with a split. I think the, the game on the road is definitely going to be a little tight. Maybe a little too close for comfort. Oh, I want to say it's a Nova sweep, but I feel like your young guns have to learn how hard the Big East is on the road. 
and yeah. I could see this being a game that they totally dropped their guard because it's like Marquette, you know that there's Marcus Howard. That's a guy that if you let yeah. him run wild and let him do whatever he wants, he will gladly take what he can get from the defense and make mm-hmm. and just punish you. As for Creighton, seeing how they don't really have the preseason love, I don't know what's going to happen in non-con play. It's going to be on the road in the CHI Health Center, which is definitely an also somewhat tough place to play in. I should, actually, it is pretty tough. They, they come out over it there. Is. They, it yeah, is. They, they, they pack that house. Yeah. So I can see this being their, their welcome to the Big East moment for a couple of these guys. So I actually think I'm going to lean with you on that one. I'm also going to predict the split here, home and away. Nova wins at home, obviously, but then they're going to lose on the road. Yeah, and to your point where uh, welcome to the Big East, you start off the Big East schedule at home against Xavier after Kansas, nine days after Kansas. So you get arguably the second best team that isn't yourself. Then you go on the road against Marquette on a Saturday game. Then you're at Creighton three days later on a Tuesday at 9 o'clock in Omaha. Good luck. That's that's a brutal stretch. And there's another brutal stretch later on in the schedule too. But that's brutal to start the Big East playoff and uh, with a young team that might not bode well. Yeah, Nova and Tuesday night games during winter break or whatever. Oof. Yeah, oof oof is right. Catch you sleeping. They'll catch you sleeping. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) Yep. Right now I got them at four and two. Chris, you got them at three and three collectively. Correct. Yes. After Creighton, we've got Georgetown, which the Cats will first see at home after their little road trip to Milwaukee and Omaha. They're going to come back and play their blood rivals at home on January 11th. Then they won't see each other until the season finale all the way on March 7th. Very interesting gap of time there. Usually at at that point, teams look completely different from the first time. Mm -hmm. But this Georgetown team, no more Jesse Govan, who we saw – just reap the rewards of playing under Patrick Ewing and a skilled big man, you know, Hall of Fame big man like him. Probably didn't shoot as well as Govan did from long range, but he definitely just took his game and elevated him so high. But now he's gone. We know that they have some nice promising young guards. What's the story with Georgetown? How are we looking at these Hoyas? We were one-on-one against them last year. Do they have the pieces to do something like that again? Yeah, they do. This team looked absolutely hopeless two years ago and now they got a lot of hope like big ewing came in and fixed it all up you got a super sophomore class of akinjo mcclung leblanc kind of surprising the rest of the big east i felt like you know akinjo going for 13 and a half points per game mcclung going for 13 points a game with a bunch of highlight dunks then you got leblanc who averaged just over nine points per game they blitzed Villanova last year, I remember. We thought that was Villanova was going to walk in there and be like, all right, this is a game, everything gets fixed. They got absolutely destroyed, I felt like. That game wasn't even close at any point, I felt like. That was just like a complete beatdown like, against a team that we were so used to beating for the longest time. And they've now thrusted themselves into the conversation of teams that are going to be a problem in the Big East. So props to Ewing for turning it all around in such a short time. I mean, obviously this team can go out there and fall flat on its face and we'll be singing a different tune, but I don't see it. I think this team makes some strides this year and they, they win some games that they aren't expected to and prove that, yeah, they're, they're going to be good. Yeah, those those young guys that they had last year, those freshmen, they played very well in big-time minutes. They definitely had their share of rookie mistakes, and we saw that from James Akinjo. We saw a little bit of that from Mac McClung. Josh LeBlanc, I thought he was pretty good from the get-go. But now, with a whole year of experience under their belt, it's going to be pretty interesting to see what kind of leap they take going into their second year. As we 
I've seen so many times before. It just seems like that jump from first to second year just seems to be like the biggest one for college athletes. So just to see what they're going to do now as sophomores, no more go van. So it's going to be mostly on them. And on top of that, yeah, going back to what you said, when the series went over to Georgetown last year, after we just embarrassed ourselves at the garden against St. John's, that second half collapse, we thought like, oh, okay, you know, nobody does really lose back-to-backs often. But uh, we're going go, to go into the Verizon Center, and we're going to go get it. We're going we're gonna to make up for it. But, yeah, that game was pretty brutal to watch. Nova was trailing pretty much the whole time. Never really seemed to get their legs under them. And they lost. And that was a big win for Ewing. I think that really just showed the strides that he's taken, like you said, you know, from a team that we were so used to just bullying around whatever we wanted to a team that was now beating Nova on the upswing. It was pretty big for him. And I think that they needed to see that. And, yeah, you know, they got to the NIT last year, which I'm sure for Georgetown you weren't too happy about that. But those guys needed to see some sort of postseason. And I think they probably learned some things from that. So let's get to it. Predictions. We got Georgetown, as we said, at home on January 11th. Then the series heads back to D.C. on March 7th to wrap up the regular season. What do you see here, Chris? I'm going to be lame. Go for it. I see another split. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I And that's another home away split. I just – last year scarred me, I guess, because now I'm, like, terrified to, like, go play at Georgetown. Like, just Georgetown in general, no matter – it doesn't matter where. But with that – with the road game being the last game of the season, I feel like a lot's going to be on the line for Georgetown in that. They might be playing themselves on the – they might be on the bubble. They might be jostling for positioning in the Big East tournament. I, I think a lot's going to be on the line for them, and they're going to go all out, especially against – a long-time rival, and I don't like that. I, I don't at all. So I'm going with a split. Villanova takes care of business at home, as usual, and they will lose on the road. What do you think? I see a win at home, and then I see another win on the road. Right before the postseason? Oh, man, I'm not messing with Nova in March. Yeah, late February, that's a different thing. But if you're Nova in March, oh, man. In the Big East? In Big East play in March? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All bets are on. Gotcha. I got the cats at six and two now after we have now broken down four opponents and you have them at four and four, even four. four. Yep. Something tells me though, you're not going to get a split on this next one. We are (laughs) after they play Georgetown. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to see DePaul at home three days after that first one. It's going to be a January 14 game against DePaul. Then the series heads over to the Windy City about a month later on February 19th. Chris, this DePaul team, they no longer have Max Shoes. The Shoes is no longer loose. Yes, somehow, some way, some voodoo magic, Dave Leto got a four-star recruit to come to DePaul in Romeo Weems. Who is left? Because honestly, Max Shoes gone. Is Femiola Joby even still there? Because he, he was pretty sick too. No, uh, he's gone too. Oh, he's gone too? Yeah. So mm-hmm. what's the hope? What's the hope for this team? Paul Reed and Eli Kane, who I also Eli Kane like. hasn't graduated yet. Well, actually, wait, no. Oh, God, no. He's gone too. Uh, Paul Reed had a good year last year, a little over 12 points per game, eight and a half boards per game. So he is a force. Big dude. Caused some problems if, if left alone, but they're not going to be good again. Devin Gage also returns. 
junior guard from Chicago. He was he was all right last year. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know much about the, the other parts of their roster. Even the parts that are known, I don't think we know much about them. They, I mean, they did shock a lot of people last year. They played a lot better than expected, and finishing seven and eleven in the Big East. Granted, they were. I think they still ended up finishing last. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, they were still last. They were still last. They were still the ten seed in the tournament, uh, Big East tournament. There is that gravitational pull with them to the to the seller, um, no matter how well they play, which is a shame. But yeah, I just I don't see see them doing much of anything. They're probably a lot worse this year. And I know I know Dave Lato's got issues going on now too. I think he's part of some scandal. I I don't know. There is always a problem with the ball. I feel like so I'm gonna just cut straight to the point. This should be a sweep. And if there isn't, then something drastic happened. Yeah, remember when DePaul almost upset Nova at the Pavilion last year? Uh, yes, and a couple of years ago too. Oh yeah, and a, and a couple of years too. Yeah, the Josh Hart senior year. Josh yeah, that Hart was seniors. a very very strange turn of events there. Yes, it was, but not this year. At least I hope not. Yeah, I remember definitely remember last year when DePaul was all the rage, and this was going to be the year where they turned everything around. And yes, while Seven Eleven was improved, they still finished dead last. Mm-hmm. Or I shouldn't say dead last. They still finished last. Tied for last. Yeah, tied still for last. last. Still last. Still, still, it's still last. Or yeah. even if they finish ninth, like, what, what is that? Do we do we hang a banner for that? Like, what what is that? I, I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, shout out to Pantelis Zidius for scoring his first career point. The hype man. Yeah, he's cool. I like it. Like, hey, look, if, you might as well be, have a little bit of something like that going on if your team's not the best. I'm all for it. We, we have respect for all bench mobs, Villanova and or otherwise. We, we, right. have, we have respect for all bench mobs, even one even one man bench mobs. Of course, for sure. And and it was nice to see his team get equally hyped for him when he nailed that free throw. Hmm. Yeah, I also have this as a sweep, and I see this going Nova's way. If you said that this was going to be a split, I I would have probably just walked off the set right now. No, I just would. I would have just done it to be a pain in the ass. But no, <laughs> I can't bring myself to do such a thing. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> Even last year, when you saw that they had the makings to be somewhat of a bigger pest than usual, like it wasn't one of those years where it was like, all right, if the Paul like they they swept scene Hall, you know, mm. can't. But now this year, yeah, they, they lost too many guys. Romeo Weems, uh, you, you are now their, their only hope. So we are now halfway through. Well, we just passed halfway through all the Big East teams. After DePaul, they will play UConn, which we already went over in our non-con. But then they will see the Butler Bulldogs for the first time, first at home on Tuesday, January 21st. Then a couple weeks later, they're going to go over to the Hinkle Fieldhouse to play Butler on February 5th. Chris, this Butler team. We finally got rid of the hex last year in that we went back to sweeping them. What do you see in this Bulldog squad? Yeah, they still got Kamar Baldwin. They lost Paula Jorgensen. Don't know what the supplementary pieces are looking like. What do you see that Laval Jordan's got cooking over there? Yeah, like you mentioned, Kamar Baldwin's back for his senior year, and I think he's going to try and lay waste the Big East in his uh, last go-around here. He's going to be a real big problem for everyone involved in the Big East, and he always presents big problems for Villanova. So can't wait to face him for just two more times, hopefully just two more times, and he's finally out into uh, hopefully what is professional basketball. Um, as for the complimentary pieces, Jordan Tucker, first full season with Butler. I, I know he joined on halfway through last year. Hopefully, I, I know he kind of struggled at times last year. I think that was like the main talking point. But 
I think with the full season now under his belt, he should be fully acclimated, and I think he'll fit in fine. He was a real big-time prospect coming out. I think he went, to, he went to Duke, right? He was at Duke, and then he transferred. Am I correct in that? That is correct. Yeah, so now at Butler, I think he'll, he'll thrive. Um, and he has to be an, a good number two option if Butler wants to succeed this year. And then also you got Sean McDermott, who I also feel like has been lingering, lingering around for a while, uh, averaged a tad under 10 points a game. So, yeah, uh, those are probably your three three big guys returning for them. And uh, Butler always seems to win the games they're not supposed to and lose the games that they're supposed to win. So will that hold true this year? Probably, because that's, that's what usually happens with them. But, yeah, they, they, they're always a problem, I feel like. So, And especially at Hinkle. Yeah, Kamar Baldwin is probably one of my favorite players in the Big East just with the way that he can – impact the game on both ends of the court pretty much ever since he first came to Butler and that first time when Nova just dropped both games in 2016-17 and he was one of the driving catalysts I felt him and Keelan Martin his last go around I still see him being a pest Jordan Tucker he had that nice start to his first couple games at Butler and then he just kind of cooled off I don't know if uh, he's going to make that step up but I could totally see that you know a year being in the system yeah, Butler has some nice pieces, but overall, I don't think they have enough to beat Nova, at least definitely not on the road. Now, when we look at Butler, we gotta got to analyze them. Butler away and Butler at Hinkle Fieldhouse, because one at Hinkle Fieldhouse, it's there's, there's some magic. There's some magic there. There's some magic. Of course. Is it enough to say that it's a, it's a sweep or a split, Chris? What are you thinking? I'm going with a sweep. I Ooh. just think, yeah, I mean, as good as Kamar Baldwin is, and I, just the way Tucker finished the year last year, I just – if he turns it around, maybe Butler can definitely take some uh, – reach some new heights if Tucker is able to develop into what we all thought he would be coming going into Duke. But, yeah, they just don't have enough. It's that simple. And I think Villanova takes care of business both times. You're going to split, aren't you? You love Hinkle. I, I fear Hinkle. It's not I love it. I fear it. No, you I love it. it. You, I think you welcome it, actually. I welcome it. I don't know about welcoming. That's a, that's a little that's a little that's a little too much. <laughs> like if we played them in a high school next to Hinkle, like we would win. If we played them uh, in the park next to Hinkle, we would win. But if you play them in Hinkle, uh, that's when it gets a little fuzzy. I am going to go with. Uh-huh-huh. Wow, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to go with a sweep. I'm going to go with a sweep just because I feel like the pieces aren't as strong. They're just not as strong this year. Yeah. I think it's going to be a repeat of what happened last year. Like, Nova won both. Gotcha. Killed him at Pinkle, too. Wasn't even close. That was, like, one of, I think it was Eric Pascal's shooting day. Like he just went off. Right. Hopefully, we can get someone to step up like that, because I think that's what you need to beat them there. So right now, I have them at 10-2. and two. Chris, you have them at 8-4. and four. Yes, I do. That's what we're looking at. Now, so after Nova first plays Butler at home on January 21st, Four days later, they're going to head over to Providence. They're going to play at the good old Dunkin' Donuts Arena, where, as Doug Otlip so famously said, where ranked teams go to die. Chris, I don't know about dying, but they are going to be on the road the first time they see Providence. That's another team that you look at them on the road versus away. I mean, Mm -hmm. on the road versus at home. That's another one one of those different teams. What's the deal with Providence? They had a couple of young guys come up strong towards the end of the year. 
but what are we expecting from Ed Cooley's squad? The big guy returning is uh, Alpha Diallo, who, again, is another guy I feel like has been there since we were freshmen in, in college. <laughs> so he's back returning all 16 points that he averaged last year and over eight boards. He also was a he was also played a really good game against Villanova in the Big East tournament last year, if I remember correctly. He, uh, he kept that a lot closer than what it should have been. You also got freshman, well, was a freshman, A.J. Reeves. He's back in action a little bit. I would say a little bit of a disappointing year for him, I, but I think now he's probably fully healthy. I think he'll be fine. Uh, David Duke also back. Didn't do as well as advertised, I would say, finishing with just about seven points a game last year, but expect him to take a big jump this year. If Reeves and Duke can take a jump, I think Providence will probably be right where they usually are, middle of the pack, maybe clawing at the top, towards the top four or five, but, and maybe winning a, a Big East tournament game or two. but. Not a lot of much else, I feel like. What do you What do you think? Yeah, those freshmen, especially David Duke Jr. I remember when him and JQ were supposed to like take the conference by storm, and they were both named preseason Big East Freshman of the Year, and just kind of didn't live to expectations. But mm. uh, in AJ Reeves's case, he looked like the guy that was going to win Big East Freshman of the Year until he did get hurt. He did have a foot injury, and then once he came back, he just wasn't the same. I'm just curious to see if maybe he was never 100%, and now that he's probably fully healed, he should be getting back on track or getting close to that, I would think, because he was lighting it up. He was lighting it up real early in the season, and then once he came back, just never really seemed to look like the same guy. Alpha Diallo, as always, talented player, very good. He's definitely going to be in the running for one of the best in the Big East. An all-Big East first-team candidate, I don't think there's enough there to threaten the Big East player of the year race, but definitely could see him on first team. And then there's Nate Watson, who just a center who looked good in his sophomore season. He's had some spots towards the end of his freshman season, came back, looked pretty solid, had a pretty solid Big East tournament game against Nova. This team is, honestly, I think if Duke and Reeves can get it going and give Diallo, you know, make that pretty much a trio of guys to be wary of, it's going to be a pretty tough team. Now, Chris, let's hear the predictions, man. It's prediction time. What do you see happening here? Split, sweep either way? Who? What, what are you feeling? Hmm. <laughs> I think Reeves and Duke take that next step. I think Diallo lives up to his first team billing. I think Nate Watson does what he does against Villanova like he did in the uh, Big East tournament game this past year. I'm going with a split, but a reverse split. I think Villanova oh, wow. actually goes into the dunk and wins, and then Providence steals one at Villanova. Um, Villanova always has that one game each year where they just lose out of nowhere at home. A couple of years ago, it was that it was St. John's where that was like, okay, where the heck did that come from? A couple of years before that, our senior year, it was that Providence game with uh, Chris Dunn willing them the victory in overtime after Arch tied it up late. I think that's this is the team they do it against as well. I, I think it'll be Providence again, and uh, it will result in a split. I'm also seeing a split, but I think it'll be Providence wins at home, obviously, because the dunk is uh, – that's that's another place I would love to avoid. And uh, I think Nova does take care of business just before the postseason at the end of February there. I think Nova should be fine at home, but when they go on the road, that's another one of those tough road environments. They got a, got a bunch of that in January, it looks like. feels like, at least. Two more teams to go to preview. I have them at eleven and three, and Chris, you have them at nine and five. Nine mm-hmm. and five. That I do. 
Interesting. Interesting. So when they first head over to the dunk, they're going to continue the road trip, make a quick stop in New York before coming back to Pennsylvania. And they're going to play St. John's at MSG on a Tuesday night on January 28th. Then they will see the Johnnies once again, just under a month later, back on February 26th at home. Chris, this is a St. John's team that lost Chris Mullen, lost Shamor Ponds, lost Justin Simon, lost Marvin Clark. They got a couple guys still there. They got a new head coach, Mike Anderson, nice Southern man. He's had some success at Arkansas and everywhere else he's been. Do you think that he can come to St. John's and save this team that had a lot of guys darting after Mullen left? Do you think that they can salvage their season and probably make a little bit of noise? Um, not initially, no. I, I, I thought Mullen was going to do a good job there. I really did. And it looked like he was going to do a good job there. And then everything just fell apart. It was quite a shame, actually, because they, they were fun to watch for a little bit. But now with everybody gone, as you highlighted, basically their entire squad last year, um, Mike Anderson does have a lot to, to make up. And he's got a tough, tough task on his hands. Um, I guess their, their lead player returning is LJ Figueroa. 34 games last year, averaged 14.4 points a game, 6.4 rebounds per game. And I think in the, the, game, the road game against St. John's with a big comeback that we were both in attendance for and watched together and was absolutely devastating, that he was a big factor in that. So he's leading the squad. I mean, he's going to need a lot of help. I know they're getting a few transfers in, but it's, uh, it might be a rough one for St. John's. Yeah, I think this is going to be a tough one for St. John's. It looked like that their uh, initial attempt to get a waiver to get some of those transfers in right away for this season was denied by the NCAA. They do plan on appealing, so that's still TBA. It's not done yet. But this St. John's season, I think if Mike Anderson did not successfully convince LJ Figueroa to stay, it could have been a lot uglier than it could have been. But he's still got Mustafa Haron. He's still got LJ. Two pretty solid pieces not solid enough to make a noise make noise or be as good as they were in the first half of last season but I think the Anderson hire should be a good one you know I, I personally wasn't too optimistic about Mullen and especially after I saw the first couple of years when it was pretty clear that he wasn't the he wasn't the brains of the operation he wasn't the X's and O guy great for recruiting great you know as a face of being you know legend Hall of Famer coaching at his alma mater. It doesn't get better than that. And recruiting wise, it looked like, you know, he brought in Shamori Ponzi, brought in a couple of guys, trans key transfers and Justin Simon and Marvin Clark. So he made the right moves. He just really couldn't get it going on the court, unfortunately. And I think they got exposed last year once Biggie's play rolled around after that hot start against a not so competitive non-con schedule. I'm not too scared of them. Yes, there was a drastic collapse last year, but this year this is a, a much weaker team than it was last season. I think they'll play a little more united. I'm curious to see what Mike Anderson does. Going to wish him the best, but I don't think he's going to beat the Cats once or twice. I think Nova should win this one by sweep. What do, what do you say, Chris? Yeah, I got a sweep as well. It's first-year head coach, it, especially with all those guys leaving. It's such a tough job, no matter where you go. You got to start building your own program and you got to take your licks along the way. And in the first year, you're going to take a lot of them. And I think Villanova contributes to that both times. There you have it. Now that, that leaves one last team, which is actually very fitting. It is. This is going to be, 
this is probably going to be the one who's just going to give Nova a run for its money. This is by all means the challenger to Nova's title defense, Big East title defense, and that's the Seton Hall Pirates. They don't really need much of an introduction. Well, at least, you know, the players, we need to know who they are. But in terms of the team overall, we know who they are. They know who we are. They don't like us. I think most of us don't like them. I don't think they hate. The hate is definitely not as, it's not, <laughs> it's not as much return. They definitely hate us more than we hate them. Or we but, hate them. Oh, yeah. we Well, <laughs> certain times, certain times, certain times, certain times. No, no, it's a, it's a consistent year-round thing with me. But uh, <laughs> well, you're in, you're in the thick of it, man. You're in enemy territory. You're in New Jersey. You're not too far away, dude. You're you're barely across the state line. Let's let's. You're right there. You're right yeah, there. Yeah, but yeah, but when you're in New York, I've first of all, I I've never met a real St. John's fan. Like in where I live, I have not been a St. John's fan. <laughs> in the city, like yeah, you know, I've seen like a St. John's jacket and things like that, but I've not met a St. John's fan in Westchester County. They definitely exist. I just haven't met them. You haven't met them? Well, I guess that's good. Sheltered. Meanwhile, <laughs> I've never seen so many Seton Hall bumper stinkers in my entire life. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. When I'm driving on the turnpike or driving through or whatever, going to Villanova, like yeah. you see two things. You see, you either see Rutgers or you see Seton Hall stickers. Right. I remember Rutgers used to have a lot of them when the football team was good with the Ray Rice and uh, Mike Green. Teal teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now that they're bad and for such a very long time, it is now on Seton Hall. Yeah, who is now the, the new darling. Right. And when I was at Big East Media Day, I mean, look, I, I appreciated the fact that there wasn't a scrum around Villanova and, you know, it was nice to have one-on-ones and, like, talk to the players, talk to Jay Wright. But I was looking at the Seton Hall scene and I was like, all right, all right, let's 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 calm down. Let's <laughs> We don't need an army of people surrounding Kevin Willard at midcourt trying to see what Kevin Willard says. Like, I don't know. I get, you know, your preseason number one, but you haven't done anything yet. And as I've said before, I don't know if this team is more talented than the core four of a couple years ago when they had Miles Powell, who, although he was a, a sophomore, he was still very good on that team, and he was a key contributor. And then they had Kadeen Carrington, Angel Delgado, Desi Rodriguez. I thought that team was more talented. But we'll leave that to the listeners and the fans out there. What's the rundown on this team? Obviously, they got Miles Powell. That guy, love Seton Hall or hate Seton Hall, I can get behind Miles Powell playing on the court. That guy's electric. He's the biggest preseason player of the year. But who else they got? Yeah, you can get behind him, but it doesn't mean you have to like him. <laughs> oh, I, I, I think I like, I think I like Miles Powell. I'm not gonna lie, I think I like him. You like you like Miles Powell. I you think do. I do. I think I do. You do. No, no, you can't. <laughs> Just not when he plays Villanova. <sighs> Fair enough. No, you're right. Uh, I, I would tune in to see him play against DePaul. Yeah, you, you just read off Miles Powell's stat line last year because it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, 23.1 points per game last year, four rebounds, 2.9 assists, two steals, 44%, 44.7% from the field, 84% f- uh, free throw shooter, and 36.3 from beyond the arc. Really good. He's good at basketball. You should probably pay attention to him. It's probably going to be uh, a Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa-esque race between him and Marcus Howard for the Big East Player of the Year, I feel like, unless anybody else wants to enter that race. I don't see it, but it'll probably be between those two. Then you obviously got Miles Kale, the other Miles, averaged, uh, only other double-digit, average double-digit point scorer 
for the Pirates with 10.2 last year. He came on strong. He kind of started off a little slow, I think. I think we were expecting him to take a bigger jump, but he still, I think he still ended up doing all right for himself last year. Then you got Mamu, as they affectionately call him there, Sandro Mamu Kalashvili. Finally, he was able to spell that out. Big boy up front, 8.9 points per game, 7.8 boards per game. You got Romero Gill, who's still there, who doesn't do much offensively, but he and doesn't play that many minutes. Might see a little bit of an expanded role this year, but he's just a very big boy, and he's always good for a couple offensive rebounds. And I believe Quincy McKnight's still there, right? Him and Toreen Thompson, they're both transfers from last year. They, Toreen Thompson didn't have exactly the best year last year as a transfer, but Quincy McKnight did, and he was uh, he was very good for the Pirates last year, and he's expected to even take on a bigger role and build upon his 9.4 points a game last year in 28 minutes average-wise. So that's your player rundown. Um, they did lose Michael Enzi, who was a pretty decent player for them, but if there's one guy to lose out of that whole bunch, it's not the most devastating. Yeah, and another guy I want to highlight is Anthony Nelson. He was a freshman last year. Didn't really get much love in the rotation in the beginning of the season, but then towards the second half of the season, and especially down the stretch there in their nice little Big East tournament run, he got some good minutes, and I definitely liked what I saw from him. Just a, I honestly think he has the tools to be a Kaneen Carrington-type player. Not so much, you know, I don't know if he's going to be their leading scorer anytime soon, but he has that same kind of feel when he plays, just that slasher mentality, can get, can get a bucket, knock down a mid-range, but then also just be a solid ball handler, distributor. And uh, defense, maybe we'll see more of it this year if he gets more minutes. But uh, that that could be another guy to look out for. Yeah, the Seton Hall team, man. It's uh, like, <laughs> it's, I don't know. Like, I, I, I definitely think that they're going to be a contender, but I don't know if they have it in them to be number one. I'm just not feeling that number one vibe. Like, yeah, <laughs> as we've said before, they get up for the big games. They're definitely going to get up for Villanova. They might even be Villanova once or twice. But in terms of consistently going in, night in and night out, running the table, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, we saw yep. with Marquette how hard it is. And actually seeing Marquette's collapse and seeing Nova, like, struggle, or I shouldn't say struggle, but it wasn't as easy last year as it was all the other years made me really appreciate like, all right, you know, when they say that this is actually a tough conference to win or, you know, go on the road and snag one, it's not just like coach speak. It's not just uh, blowing up smoke just to, you know, be politically correct or be nice. Like it's, it's actually pretty tough. It is. It is. And to put on a good performance night in and night out against these opponents, it's, it's incredibly tough. And it makes you appreciate the Villanova teams of the past too, a little bit more. But yeah, last year, if, to see Marquette do what they did toward the end of the year, selling their soul to beat Villanova, and then after that being like, eh, well, you know, eh, the ball midweek, eh, who cares? So we'll, we'll, we'll worry about that later because we got Villanova a couple weeks from now. Seton Hall has the same mentality, I feel like. Like you said, like they get up for the big games, but like they lost to the pole twice last year. How do you do that? No one does that. Nobody. <laughs> Literally nobody. <laughs> Except for loose. them. Yeah, the Struce was loose against the Pirates. So it's... <sighs> And the thing is, like, I don't trust Willard to, like, keep that, like, steady face being like, hey, guys, like, tonight against the Paul is just as important as it is against Villanova. You know, maybe that's not true in the grand scheme of things, but, like, that's what you got to tell these guys to, like, keep it going, you know? The way Willard is, I feel like he's a very emotional coach. Not that that's a bad thing, but if you 
win a few games in a row, you're going to be feeling great and you feel like you could be anybody in, in the entire country. But if they lose like a couple games against teams that they shouldn't, they're going to get real low on themselves, I feel like. And unless that changes, I don't see them winning the Big East. I don't. And, you know, maybe it's going to take Herculean performances from Miles Powell to, to combat that. And he's very capable of doing it. Oh, I expect. I, I totally expect them to bail him out a couple times. Yeah, he is. He definitely is. There's going to be. There's definitely going to be a few games in there, but like night in, night out. Don't think so. Look, I say this as a very biased fan, and I, <laughs> I don't give a crap. This I is really a Villanova do. podcast. This is a Villanova <laughs> podcast. Yeah, it is a Villanova podcast after all. So say what you will about them. We don't like them, but they will be good. I think in the grand scheme of things, I don't think they'll collapse, but. To see them winning the Big East would be incredibly difficult, right? At least right now. Yeah, just to look at some of the recent big wins that Seton Hall's had. You know, they've gone on the road, they beat Louisville in the KFC Yum Center, and then a few days before that, they beat Texas Tech, who Villanova had to face to go to the Final Four at Madison Square Garden. And then you fast forward to 2019, they beat Kentucky. Now, along the way, they had the losing stretches, getting swept by DePaul. But I do think Seton Hall is going to, they're definitely going to be top three, top four. But I just can't right now write them as biggest champions until I see it. As we said before, you know, it's going to be Villanova until we see someone take it from them. And right now I can't hand it. But you know what? I think I can hand a season series split. I do think that Seton Hall will beat Nova at home just before the season's over on March 4th. But I think when the Pirates head over to play Nova at the Wildcats' house, I think Nova should take care of business there. Well, I'm going with a sweep. Ooh, sweep for who? Wait, sweep for who? For Villanova. Oh, okay, I think okay. they get back at these guys and win both. This is just wishful thinking, honestly. <laughs> Realistically, it's probably a sweep, but I, I think... For, for Chris's health and sanity, he needs for to see my, sleep happen. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Exactly. Um, for me to, to live a normal life for the next few months, <laughs> I, I need a sweep of Seton Hall. Um, I will say, thankfully, though, that the home game is the earlier one because remember last year when uh, Villanova went to Seton Hall, I believe it was the last game of the season. Yeah, it was that last week of the regular season. Yeah, it was either – yeah. Yeah, it was. Yep. I mean, I was in attendance and I don't even remember, but uh, <laughs> I remember leaving that game and like they lost and I'm like, yeah, but who cares? Like the Big East tournament's like tomorrow. It's kind of similar this year. I know the last game's against George at Georgetown, but this one's Mar- Wednesday, March 4th at, and it's at Seton Hall. Like the, the Big East tournament starts literally a week from that day. So like if they were to lose that, I don't think it'd be as devastating unless like we're fighting for our NCAA tournament lives, which would be very bad if that's the case but just I, I feel like that kind of eased the nerves a bit like if this was like an early like like imagine if they played Kansas and then like the first games at Seton Hall like that would have been like you would be so hyped up for that but like that could be like devastating if you lost that because like Seton Hall fans would just destroy us in every which way because uh, they're just a bunch of trolls so <laughs> <laughs> no I tease I tease I tease they're great people Maybe. Right, right, um, right, right, right. Um, but but yeah, I, I think the fact that it's at the end of the year, fan-wise, as a team, they obviously don't care about that. But as a fan, I, I take a little solace in that. And because of that, I think they'll win both. Villanova wins both. All right. 
Did you buy your ticket yet to that game at the Prudential Center on March 4th? I, I heard it sold out. Already? Hey, man, uh, you know, we're national championship, Super Bowl, World Series, uh, all bundled up in one. <laughs> I'll tell you this. It's the most important game going on at Prudential Center for the next few years, the way the Devils are looking. Um, no, it's not yeah, actually no. sold out, but I also wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, I you didn't have to – I wouldn't even have called your bluff on that. Would have totally believed you. The fact that it's midweek, a little tough to get down there to Newark. But it is an 8.30 start, so it be it might be a little easier. Also, it might be their senior night. Don't know if I want to deal with that either. Um, oh. <laughs> there there I, is no worse feeling than being in the same arena as Seton Hall fans after a Villanova loss. The worst feeling. The worst. The worst post-game like, fan experience, I would say. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it, it's up there. It certainly is up there. Although I've been pretty fortunate. I think last year was the first time I've seen them lose – at Prudential Center. So I know I went a couple of years. I went back to back years before that, and they won both. So yeah, that was the first time I ever left with that. And I guess that, and the fact that it was at the end of the year, didn't really care. But obviously, I've seen the the Big East tournament final. And, yeah, and we had the last yeah last laugh in the Big East tournament final. Yeah, so it, it is what it is. I we'll get through it. We'll get through it game by game. So I got them at thirteen and five, I guess, and you got them at. What? 14 and 4. Oh, really? You ended up with four losses? Yeah, yeah. yeah I did. I thought I was going down a bad path. <laughs> you, you started out rocky. I'm not going to lie. I did. I did. So, yeah, right in line with last year. Yeah, right around right around the same range. Not bad. Do you want to change your, Do you want to change anything? You're locking it in. I'm locking it in. So, 13 and 5, and then I had them only losing one non-con game. So, only six losses on the year. Uh, definitely Pretty, sign up for that. I would – Take that in a heartbeat, man. With the uncertainty facing this team, I'm all for it. And, you only uh, got them with four losses. Yeah, the whole year, which kind of looks sounds crazy when you look at it. It, it, does. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Even Ken Palm is not that optimistic. Ken Palm has them 21-8 and eight regular season. Oh, wow. But that's excluding there because he doesn't include the, the couple of tournament games, so. I would say Nova would win all three of those Myrtle Beach Invitational games. So I think technically, and I think Ken Palm would too if you if he had the line for it. So mm-hmm. I think his record projection is twenty three and eight overall, twelve and six in the Big East. Who's he? Can you look up who they got? Who he's got us losing to? Just rattle him off, or uh, it's or weird. That- he he only has three that are actually listed as losses, but I guess it's just kind of like. Some of these are toss-ups, so right now they're listed as wins, but he thinks oh, okay. – Yeah. But uh, his definite listed as losses are at Marquette, at Xavier, and at Seton Hall. Oh, well, predictably. Yeah, predictably. Probably the three best teams that are not Villanova. Yes. All right. Pretty optimistic outlook going for us going into this. We're doing it again. We're doing it again. <laughs> we always fall into this trap. Hopefully, it'll pay out right for once. It wasn't that bad last year. We were only off by one loss, 13-5. and five. We were, but we, we struggled on the non-con. Well, there, it was just a uh, – well, actually, I forgot about the Furman loss until just now. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah, because like, oh, I was like, did we? I was like, there was Kansas. There was, uh, there was Michigan. Michigan. And then I was like, oh, wait, but then there was Penn and Furman. Furman yep, and that'll do it. <laughs> so <laughs> That's uh, more than enough losing, especially against those two. And those were both back-to-backs, too. That was when the back-to-back streak was, was broken. Yeah, they broke it a lot of times last year. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Three in a row, too, which is weird. Yeah, that was bad. Bad time. Hopefully not this time around. 
Yeah, hopefully no no losing stretches. No, 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 no. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening for the State of the Nova Nation. Next time we're back, we're going to take fan questions, listener questions. We just couldn't do it this week because th- there's a lot of things that we need to cover in looking at and diving at all the opponents that Villanova is going to play. So starting on Tuesday, you got questions? You got anything like that you want to say, feedback? Definitely tweet at us. Let us know. Ask us anything. We'll talk about it on Tuesday. Thank you again for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe to View Hoops on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Megaphone. You have many, many options. You do have to do it under View Hoops, and then you'll be able to find the State of Innovation there. Although I think if you search either one, it should show up. Just look for View Hoops, and you'll, you'll be in good hands. You'll find us. Also, please check back at View Hoops every day and often. If you don't want to listen to us blabbering, we got the schedule previews all locked in on the website, so you could check it there as well. We also break it down. We go through each opponent, each possible scenario in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. Oh, yeah, we, 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 we got wild with it. We got wild with it. Also, follow View Hoops on social media. You can do so at View Hoops, and that's good for Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at eRepay5. And I'm Chris Danziel. I got nothing. Uh, follow Eugene, follow View Hoops, follow the pod. Nova Nation, we are so close. We are so close. The next time we'll be talking, we'll be dropping a pod. We're going to be talking about that Army game. We're going to be talking about the season opener. It's going to be crazy on Tuesday. It's going to be fun. Can't wait. Hopefully, when it's all said and done, we can just hear this. Three seconds to go across the timeline. Two seconds to go. Jenkins, three, right wing to win it. He made it. He made the three for the right wing. At the buzzer. Cats win it all. Cats win it all. Cats win it all. 31 years later, Villanova is the king of college basketball once again. Or maybe something like this. Great team we witnessed in this tournament tonight. The Nova Nation has another national championship.